Hi there, and welcome to the Mind Coaching Podcast. Today, I talk to John Rady. John Rady is an associate clinical professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, and is also an inter- internationally recognized expert in neuropsychiatry. He has published over 60 peer-reviewed articles. He has also 11 books, and he's been published in 15 languages. A lot of people know him by the book Spark, and last one wild. And uh, in today's episode, I talked to him about how bread can make you sick, why you should always move if you want to learn, why you should uh, eat fermented food, what is insulin, what should you do to minimize the risk of Alzheimer's, what you should do if you have an autoimmune disease like Crohn's or celiac disease, why you should eat more <laughs> Indian food, why you should eat omega 3 if you are depressed. What kind of training for better health and mental performance? Why should be more by the sea? Why also should exercise when you're pregnant? And much, much more. I'm Norwegian and my English isn't always at best, but uh, gladly and luckily for your listeners, John is talking the most. So I just wish you a great episode and enjoy. Welcome, John. Good to be with you in Norway. Thank you so much for taking your time, John. I first uh, got to know your book, uh, Spark, back in 2011, I think. And and that really changed the course of what I thought about uh, exercise and mental performance. But before we delve into mental performance and exercise, John, I wanted to talk to you about uh, some of the topics you have in, uh, in the latest book, Go Wild. Uh, I don't know if you know this, John, but... Uh, in Norway, we eat a lot of bread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are a lot of, a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we at least eat bread for breakfast. We eat bread for lunch, and we eat uh, bread in the evening. We eat yes. a lot of bread. Uh, and from what I can understand from your book, John, you're talking a lot about carbohydrates and autoimmune diseases. Yes. Uh, can you elaborate yes, on, yes. Can elaborate on, yes. the, no, on that one? I think, uh, you know, it's a pretty, uh, country with a low obesity rate. I don't know if it is, but that's my fantasy, uh, With uh, partly because you uh, Norwegians are like the Finns are outside a lot, exercising and skiing Ooh. and all that. Ooh. Ah, we are starting to get the obesity here as well. The obesity is a big problem now. Yeah, we, yeah, we are starting to get the same problem. Yeah, we're di- well, diabetes. Big, and, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you're 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 leading in. You're setting me up to talk about go wild, then, because in in that we talk about the diet. Yeah. And how uh, carbohydrates are probably the worst thing you can eat in large quantities, and uh, even though it's not real sugar you're eating, but the Starch is full of uh, it's just packed together sugar, and your bo- and your body changes it into glucose, and your glucose levels go up, and what glucose you don't use you put into fat, and that's, thus we have our obesity crisis around the world. <clears throat> Plus the fact if you uh, w- uh, marry that with lack of uh, moving. Uh, in our lives, we're sitting all the time now mm. uh, in front of the screens. leads to the obesity uh, epidemic in the world. And then secondary to that, we get 
the diabetes uh, uh, happening everywhere uh, in most countries. Um, I thought that North countries, uh, Denmark, Holland, uh, Sweden, uh, Norway, Finland, were healthier because you were known for your everyone being fairly athletic, mm. uh, or, or that's my understanding, but I'm obviously wrong. We are sitting as well, John, at the moment. Yeah. We're getting yeah. the same problem. Uh, but as we are a bread-eating people, I wanted to uh, wanted you to explain something about uh, about carbohydrates because uh, I I thought you have uh, had an extremely good way to explain insulin in uh, going wild. Yes, yes. Well, in insulin we have it in our body to take out glucose out of our body, take it out of the bloodstream. Sorry, and put it in the body. Uh, hopefully, to use it in moving muscles or in, in moving cells that are working. Uh, and we see uh, glucose is basically a toxin. And uh, if we don't have enough uh, use for it, we will put it uh, in, store it in fat. And uh, our obesity crisis around the world really comes uh, about by two factors. One, we became fearful of fats, what we call fat phobia. Mm. Back in the 60s when we were starting to worry about cholesterol mm. and blaming that for many of the cardiac problems, heart problems. And uh, so we switched over to high, high uh, fructose corn, corn syrup in, mm. uh, in the States and elsewhere around the world. Mm. And carbohydrates as a whole were seen as being very healthy. Uh, now we know that it leads to uh, very uh, much a problem with obesity and then diabetes and then dementia and, and Alzheimer's disease. And uh, about 65 to 70% of our uh, lifestyle diseases uh, are caused by uh both being sedentary and uh eating so much carbohydrate wow so it's actually also alzheimer's oh yeah alzheimer's absolutely when when you're obese and you're diabetic your chances of uh your your not chances but your age of of developing alzheimer's disease is is really lessened so that you're going to get it earlier um, and uh, have a, a more rapid uh, loss of function. So yeah. do you understand it correctly then, John, that uh, carbohydrates, uh, it starts the insulin, and insulin is actually there to uh, to help us uh, not getting uh, immune response? Right. Also, that if you have too much glucose, mm. You stimulate the uh, 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 chronic inflammation, which in medicine today we're seeing as a, such a big problem, uh, both in the body and in the brain, to, uh, to, to, to help us age quicker. And that's what you don't want to do. Mm. So uh, glucose is seen as a, a promoter of that if your glucose level is high. Mm. And uh, glucose level is high if you eat too much carbohydrate and eventually you tire out 
your insulin and you uh, then have a uh, not only an obesity problem mm. but an inflammation problem mm. and then soon uh, you will have what we call cognitive decline and then leading to Alzheimer's disease. Uh, then how much carbohydrates can we eat each day then uh, to be on the safe side? Oh, it, that all depends. I, I don't get into numbers because it depends so much on what else you're eating okay. and how many calories you're you're eating mm. as well as how much activity you're okay. doing okay if if you're uh, in training mm. like some of your olympic athletes who we mm. marvel at you know, <laughs> <going to> be, <laughs> uh, you know do, doing the uh skiing and the, the biathlon mm. and all that uh, i'm sure they're eating many many calories per day and they mm. could probably eat all the all the carbohydrates they want except mm. i bet you they don't mm. i bet you they're very careful in what their diet is mm. i'm not that sure but uh <laughs> but for for the people that is uh pretty uh, sit, uh, sitting a lot uh from what i can understand is uh is a high fat diet that you recommend to uh, to lower the, um, the chances of inflammation is that correct Yes, uh, high fat and protein. Uh, more fat, more calories in focused on uh, fat and mm. protein, mm. Uh, and, and eventually you can turn on the fat burners mm. in your uh, in your cells that mm. actually can then begin to use fat instead of uh, sugar to run your cells. So. You avoid obesity. You avoid being hungry, mm. uh, and you function quite quite nicely. Uh, so a ketogenic diet, then. The ketogenic diet, yes, yeah. yes, that, that is, that's life promoting. That's life uh, enhancing. You live longer mm. if you can. Generally, you have a lot more stamina and an in, improved. Uh, Mood improved feeling of well-being. Are there any dangers going into a ketogenic diet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to be careful. Uh, and 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 uh, you know there there are dangers if you have the wrong gene genotype. Okay. You uh, yeah you can have, uh, but that's rare. That's rare. Uh, but you can have have problems that way. But most people don't. Getting ketogenic is very difficult, no matter what country you're in. Uh, it's it's very difficult to do, yeah, uh, given the world today. Yeah. Yeah. What can happen if you have this uh, gene, uh, then, uh, John? Well, if you have the wrong gene, you can get high levels of one of the bad cholesterol. Uh, I had a, such a patient, and he had to uh, stop his ketogenic diet. Uh-huh. He was doing very well and exercising and uh was actually felt great but check and uh he had the bad cholesterol lead to early uh blockage in the arteries and whatnot uh-huh. so so it was uh, the, yeah, but, uh was it the ldl rising or yeah yeah in the going wild is that uh, uh ldl is divided into two parts is that correct yes Yes, and he was he was having the wrong the wrong one saved this this patient of mine. But now, um, <clears throat> now uh, my partner who wrote the book, Dick Manning, he's been ketogenic for years now, 
and runs uh, ultra marathons, which are 100 miles in wow. the hills uh, of uh, Montana and hardly needs to have, uh, well, actually needs no uh, supplements as he's running because he's using the fat in his body, wow. which is a low, uh, low amount anyway, but he claims that he certainly doesn't need to, to supplement anything as he's running through the hills. Uh, it's proven that, uh, that it helps uh, performance with a ketogenic diet, but what about, uh, what about the women that are pregnant? Can that be any uh, ketogenic? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. You have to be seen, uh, when you're having a baby, um, carrying a baby, you have to uh, work in guidance. You have to get smart about it. Uh, if you're, Usually, people who go for a ketogenic diet, they're very they're very up on it because you can read a, a lot about it on the internet, and you okay. can learn when you know what you, how to how to get there and and how to stay there uh, successfully. Mm. And if you're pregnant, there there may be some uh, special uh, things you you need to do. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen any benefits uh, on the mental performance uh, on the being a, on being on a ketogenic diet, uh, John? Yes, yes, I have. I've seen people be sharper, more uh, alert throughout the day. They don't have a period in the afternoon of coming uh, into a low. Uh, the tireds that typically people get in mid-afternoon, mm. um, and they, when they're Hormones are changing, uh, cortisol and all that. It uh, it, it doesn't uh, affect them, and they do do really fine. Yeah. Uh, so do I understand you correctly that the cortisol levels will uh, will um, decline when you are on a ketogenic diet? Yeah, a little bit. Yes, yes. Not only decline, but they, the the variation is. Is more controlled, is more uh, what it should be. Yeah, because the, uh, because it's not affected by the blood sugar. Right. Uh, in uh, the book, John, you also talk about um, the menopause for women, about uh, menopause and breast cancer. <laughs> uh, you talk about. ask about it. Uh, you talk about, uh, if I remember correctly, you talk about uh, menopause and uh, breast cancer and uh, activity. Uh, it's about uh, on the hunter uh, oh, yeah, yeah, diet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in 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 Spark, I talk a lot about exercise and menopause, and uh, and women in general, and I make the claim in my chapter on women that. Uh, women get a much bigger bang for their buck exercising than do men in okay. terms of mood, in terms of mood and prevention of Alzheimer's disease. Women have <clears throat> more of a problem with Alzheimer's, more uh, uh, quicker to uh, decline than men. Um, if men live that long, you know, they, they tend, women tend to live longer, but then yeah. they get menopause. Menopause helps to hasten the onset of uh, cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. And that's where exercise really comes in in a very big way to help women uh, avoid that. So they don't have the brain erosion and, and tangles and amyloid plaques that, that uh, 
amyloid. I mean, that Alzheimer's uh, beats to or, or causes. Mm. Do we know how much exercise they need to prevent Alzheimer's, for example? Everybody wants to know. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, I wasn't the first one. You know why? You know why? I, I, I always tell audience that's the first question. <laughs> people want to know because they really mean how little do I have to, do, uh, uh, to get the benefits? Well, you can do <clears throat> very much less if you do it very intensely. Okay. Uh, there's a thing called uh, high intensity interval training hmm. that is really quite profound. Uh, One of the people studying this is a, a professor from Canada, McMaster University, Martin Gebala, who okay. has a new book out called The One Minute Exercise. Ah, yeah. and, I started reading that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you would have to, to do the one minute. It's over a 10-minute <laughs> period of time. But it's 20 seconds as, as hard and hard as hard as you can. Mm. And you have to get your heart rate way above Uh, where it usually is uh, above your maximum heart rate for 20 seconds and then rest and then do that three times within a 10-minute period. Mm. But otherwise, you can do other kinds. Of that That's very dramatic. That's mm. just recent. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> you can do uh, what we call sprints or uh, <clears throat> if you're on an exercise bike, sprints to go To get your heart rate and your muscles moving at a very, very rapid, rapid rate for 30 seconds and then come back to normal and then in another two minutes go up again. Mm. Uh, and it takes the weight off like mad. Uh, it also uh, helps your uh, <clears throat> strengthen your heart, lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure very, very quickly um, if you do this three times a week. Wow. Yeah, yeah no, it's very, it's, it, it, in Spark, I talk about it in my own life, what I was doing at the time when I learned about this, because you also release other hormones like uh, uh, human growth hormone, which we tend to uh, stop releasing very much of when we turn 30 or so, because it's the growth hormone that helps us grow to be adults and uh and uh when you have these blasts of very extreme amounts of stress on the body when you're exercising at that rate you have uh you 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 release more of this hgh and and this does all kinds of good things for your body and your cholesterol and your and your and your glucose and as well as it burns fat and makes muscle which is what everybody wants to have happen. So. Uh, uh, just a, a question that popped into my mind now, uh, John. If you're having uh, having troubles with anxiety, you have a raised uh, a higher level of cortisol, uh, when you're doing this kind of uh, intense exercise, uh, will you get uh, even higher uh, higher level of uh, cortisol then? No, no. <clears throat> what happens is you, you certainly get a high high levels of cortisol, but then you get into the recovery phase and then you gradually build up resistance to ah. raising your cortisol. Okay. And so 
what it, what we call is it is exercise itself hmm. is stress inoculation. It's uh-huh. like taking a vaccine. Uh-huh. So you, in wow. many many ways, we are um, we are learning how many ways, which are incredible. We're learning that uh-huh. not only do you calm down uh, the sympathetic nervous system when you're fitter, physically fit, mm. uh, <clears throat> but you also stop make more blockers in the brain mm. to put the brakes on overreaction to stressful or threatening events, either real or imagined. So you can so, act, so you can actually uh, switch from a parasympathetic to a sympathetic nervous system by doing this kind of exercise. Yes. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Even and then the same way with yoga, yeah. the same way with tai chi, the same way with martial arts. I mean, it doesn't have to be just running or uh, you know uh, racing in the snow or you know it. it uh, it's and any kind of uh, mm. uh, exercise will 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 can provide that. Mm. But but from what I understand, you're uh, you're telling them, John, is that a high intensity training will build a better resistance, for example, stress and anxiety. Then, yes, uh, high intensity or in, or long bouts of endurance exercise as okay. well, okay. meaning. Uh, you know, you don't have to get, uh, I'm talking, if you do it high intensity, mm. you would do it for a shorter period of time mm. and you would have breaks and, and, uh, but if you, if you just start off walking mm. or hiking, mm. uh, and gradually spend more time doing it, you also will get to a, a fitter, fitter, uh, level and you also build up that reserve and, and inoculation, but high intensity it brings it quicker and, and perhaps better. Will uh, that kind of exercise also help for autoimmune diseases? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The cardiologists have recommended for the high-intensity exercises because it does so many good things for the heart mm. and also for our blood vessels. It makes them younger and more pliable, uh, and that's what we want. Uh, but one has to work up to it because you don't want people dropping over, going out for <laughs> high intensity exercise without being in somewhat good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, no, my next next question was going to be: if you are uh, going, if you are past forty, uh, fifty, and sixty years, should you start uh, a little easy when you're doing this high intensity training? Because of the heart. No, no, no. Well, you should start getting somewhat in shape. So you should, you should, uh, you know, if somebody's not done any exercise for their life, mm. you then start to walk and then jog okay. and then walk, run, and then and then you gradually get to the point where you feel confident enough mm. about your body and your and your. Uh, endurance that you can take on mm. something like high intensity interval training. Yeah, uh, uh, about the autoimmune diseases, uh, John. Uh, can for ex- can for example, uh, a lot of people are having trouble with the Crohn's disease and celiac disease. Uh, does uh, exercise uh, help any of these diseases? 
Yes, exercise helps, but getting rid of carbohydrates would help even quicker. Uh, <laughs> that means no bread. Uh, no bread, people, no bread. No bread, get it away, get it away. It's not about gluten. It's about the glucose. It's gluten, perhaps, but there there you, you want to, uh, people should read my book, The Wild, and because there we talk about the microbiome uh-huh. that is our... Uh, bacteria within our gut and uh, you change the microbiome by what you eat and glucose makes it not so good <laughs> but uh, yogurt and and uh, fermented uh, vegetables uh, fermented foods in general help uh, give us the right microbiome because that ah. that, that helps stimulate the microbiome yeah Uh, some people are saying that uh, uh, raw vegetables have some kind of um, immune system that uh, other uh, other sorts are not going to eat them. I mean, just can't remember. Oh yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I talk about that. I think in in Go Wild. I'm not sure, but I talk about that in my lectures ah. about how some take broccoli. Okay, broccoli. yeah, yeah. That's a perfect oh, example. You know, you know broccoli. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. Bro- broccoli has mm. a substance called. S- So, sulfuram, yes, which is a sulfur-containing uh, molecule. Yep, this is neurotoxic. This this mm. is toxic to mm. the nerve cell. Yep, and this is why it's it's toxic to the nerve cell of uh, the pests, the animals that mm. would normally eat the broccoli. Mm. So they've they've evolved away from eating broccoli because it has this substance in it. Oh. Well, for us, oh. it is also slightly toxic. Okay, mm. but the reason why we eat, say eat lots of broccoli is because a slight amount of toxicity intracellularly inside our, especially in the brain, mm. will cause a toxic, small toxic reaction. Mm. But that small toxic reaction is a lot like what I talked about, stress inoculation. Ah. You'll have a small reaction and your your cell will overdo it in terms of a response. Ah. So you, that's where you make more of the antioxidant enzymes ah. intracellularly. That's ah. why it's good to eat the vegetable, some of the vegetables because it has an int- intracellular promotion of these anti-stress factors within the cell mm. so that's what you want mm. uh so you build up and build up and and if you have the proper diet mm. you uh you you will live longer uh, you know and so that's why onions and garlic mm. and uh uh you know very and, and red wine mm. and and cumin mm. Uh, and uh, hot, uh, you know, uh, spicy foods, mm. they all are slightly toxic to ourselves. Interesting. Okay? Interesting. But that's good. It's not a high level, mm. but it's, 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 it's a mild level that helps create an over-response to it that leaves us more prepared for stresses in the future. So it's all about building resistance, actually. Yes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so go out and have. Do you have many Indian restaurants in Norway? Uh, not that many, I think. But uh, not that many. Uh, well, you should get more <laughs> because Indian. You go out and you have uh, a 
curry. Yeah. Curry yeah. food. Okay. Yeah. Uh, once a week, and you have enough antioxidants for that week. So wow. one one what? meal, one what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So curry, curry, curry Ooh. is excellent. Wow. We know that curry is a good antidepressant now. There's all kinds of things we know now. Oh, okay. can you elaborate on that one? I didn't know that, so John. Can you yeah, yeah. No, we we looked at a bunch of. In, I'm a psychiatrist, so yeah. we people have written about this, looking at curry. Yeah. As as uh, giving it to depressed patients in a pill, and uh, after finding it very uh, nicely, bringing down the level of their depression. Wow! So actually, curry. Uh, you also talk about uh, omega six and omega three balance in the book, uh, John. Uh, yeah. Can you elaborate on the, on what you should have as a correct balance between omega six and omega three? Yeah, the omega three should be much higher. We get plenty of omega sixes throughout our diet. Mm. You should have the omega threes uh, more. Mm. We need to supplement. I'm not sure what the the, the deal is in Norway, mm. uh, but <clears throat> I think in uh, we know that high high levels of omega three are antidepressants. Uh, as well as many other positive uh, effects. Mm. Uh, big studies were done in Sweden, I, be I believe, looking at Swedes who lived on the seaside and ate a lot of uh, deep water fish, mm. which have high omega-3s versus the people who lived inland who didn't eat much omega-3s. And people who lived inland mm. were more prone to get depressed and have suicidal Uh, tendencies. Wow. So, and that was a big that was a big study many years ago, and and we see this repeated again and again. So, the omega threes are very useful for preventing depression as well as treating it, mm. and preventing anxiety and preventing anger, aggression. Wow, aggression. Uh, uh, you, you also say something about giving children omega three in uh, going wild. Yes. Uh, when children should... it helps them because it helps their brain grow, grow correctly, and uh, you can we use it to treat attention deficit disorder to help help. It's not it's not a, on its own going to uh, cure any you know uh, something like ADD or autism, but it will help the brain work better. Uh, you talk about autism in uh, one of your lectures. Sure. Uh, well. Uh, <laughs> We think we know. Think we know that exercise does creates the right kind of environment to help make our brain work best, including helping with mood, helping with mood stability, helping with anxiety, helping with stress, helping with uh, attention, the and and as well as in promoting learning. Um, so, so exercise helps with someone with the attention problems because it will help them get focused and stay focused better because you're using the same part of the brain to, to attend with when you're exercising as you do when you're attending to information or this podcast. Oh. So people listening to this podcast should get up 
and do some jumping jacks, <laughs> and they will get more out of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but can this uh, exercise help people with Asper Asperger's as well? Yes, yes, with, especially with the more severe forms uh, of uh, autism. Uh, we see a, a, a fairly uh, big drop in uh, aggressive behavior uh, uh, and self-abusive behavior with uh, when we have these uh, kids and, and adults um, exercising a lot. Interesting. Are we talking about the high intensity training then, uh, John? Not necessarily. No, no. If we can it's hard to get many autistic kids to do high intensity training. Okay. But to have it a big part of their daily uh, life. Uh you also talk about uh talk about exercise and the kids uh, about the learning and uh, and doing good in school. Uh When should uh, kids start to uh, exercise regularly? Oh, come on. They act, they're ex I have a three-year-old granddaughter and a one-year-old <laughs> grandson, and they are exercising all the time. Okay, so they're just moving, normal moving, play. Moving, 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 yeah. all the time, yeah. which is great. Yeah, so normal play then. they're playing. Mm. They're playing, right? Mm. And uh, you, you want them to uh, continue that. Mm. So... They believe me. You you don't need to hold them back. You just need to let them go. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and then know? the next question comes, John, because when they start at school at uh, first class at five years old, they're going to sit for hours. No, no good, no good. They should be moving. Hmm. You should pay attention to Finland. Hmm. Finland doesn't have them start sitting until they're seventh or eighth, seventh or eight years old, well, they, because wow. they are didn't playing all the uh, time. I didn't know that. Huh? Well, you should look into it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know you're close by, and <laughs> they have the best schools. They have one. Of, they they have the best test results, and in, uh, in, um, you know they are among the Asian countries that are always in the top five. Wow. I think they're number two in the world this year. Finland. Ooh, that's because of the exercise. They've been yeah. because they are. They 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 also uh, value their teachers and and all that, mm. but uh, they are very much uh, value uh, exercise mm. uh, and play 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 is exercise you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah physical play yeah and I I think we I think we need to, uh, I think we need to get reminded of that one John. Because with the mobile phones and the television, all that we are forgetting that kids need to play. Uh, exactly, we're not we're not talking about playing video games mm. unless it's video <laughs> games that make you move. Uh, yeah. And 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 our wonderful cell phones are so great, but boy, are they causing so much mm. addiction and so much trouble. Mm. Yeah, we, we for sure need to move more. Uh, it was a study in Spark. That uh, you proved uh, how much exercise can improve the mental performance. Can you elaborate on that study, John? Oh, there are many studies, many, many studies. I'm going up to Canada to lecture uh, for a whole day about this again this this weekend ah. uh, <clears throat> to 600 teachers and and to say, look, you get the kids moving, and what happens? You you make 
their brains ready. You make the, the person ready to learn hmm. because you, you can, you help improve their arousal level. You turn up their brain, you turn their brain on when you have them exercise or, uh, uh, while they're exercising or after they're exercising. Mm. So their attention is better. Their focus is better. There's less distractions coming down. Their, their, their mood is a bit better. Uh, and then you've changed the, 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 uh, the environment within their brain to, uh, we have a hundred billion brain cells and around the, those brain cells, we have all these different factors that are always around. So the neurotransmitters, the, the hormones, the growth factors are elevated to a very, very high degree when you're exercising, because what you're doing when you exercise, you use more brain cells than in any other human activity. Mm. So you're extruding a lot of these factors that, that are make it ideal for our brain cells to grow. And the way we learn anything, you gave over there in Oslo, mm. you you give Nobel Prizes to the people showing that we learn only, we learn something when our brain cells grow. Mm. You have to grow the information. And to do the, and, and, and exercise provides the best environment for our brain cells to grow. Interesting. So uh, does that mean then, John, that uh, exercise and, um, and neuroplasticity is going hand in hand? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Mm. Neuroplasticity. Mm. That's what I lecture about all the time and what many people are lecturing about here in the United States. Uh, can you elaborate and explain neuroplasticity, John, for the listeners that do not know what that is? Yeah, yeah, well, they should pay attention to the Nobel lectures, I think. <laughs> uh, you gave three Nobel Prizes in the year 2000 to, uh, I think, four people from all over the world, but two Americans and one British guy, but uh, one Dane, or uh, person from Holland, uh, uh, showing that the way we learn anything at the cellular level is for our brain cells to grow. And we uh, learned about this uh, and we, we called the brain cells ability to grow neuroplasticity, mm. meaning it, uh, the capacity of our brain cells to grow. And we need to promote that. We promote that by many ways, but the best way is physical exercise, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's dancing, whether it's working hard, whether it's working in any way, whether it's just not sitting and, and watching TV or playing on the internet or, you know, it's moving, moving, active, active. Uh, and because again, that, that keeps our brain cells in a high degree of plasticity. Uh, what, what I find interesting, John, is that, uh, as humans, I believe that, uh, we think uh, that our mind is just the way it is, that we can change our mindset, we can change the way we think, we can change the way we behave, because that is the way we are, we are made. 
Uh, and what neuroplasticity actually uh, shows that uh, us, us that is that we can change the way we behave and we can change the way we think. Uh, oh yeah. But why do you think that uh, we think that way, uh, John? That we cannot change the way we are in our mind, but we can change our body. Well, it's <laughs> why? I mean, uh, it could be religious belief. It mm. could be somebody told them this. Mm. It could be that they're very lazy, and this is they just say, "Well, this is the way it is," mm. uh, and why bother? Mm. And uh, and and it's hard to change habits. Mm. It is, mm. but. Uh, if you practice, 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 mm. well, look, look at your cross country skiers. Do they just happen to be cross country <laughs> skiers and win no, no, I mean, oh, yes, we are born with the skis. <laughs> Come on, they just happen to fall into that. Come on, and look at Michael Phelps, you know, I mean, yeah. he, he, did he just happen to go to the pool and, and win all these gold medals? No, he practiced. Did, did his brain change? Yes. Did his muscles change? Yes. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. It's <laughs> a you know, small country who wins all these gold medals all the time because you have great athletes. Mm. And they work hard. They don't They don't just sit in the, in the pub and have beer. <laughs> uh, I agree with you then, John. But, but I, I, I just believe that uh, we just think that way. That uh, we are... Uh, we are made that way, and that's the way we. That's the way no. we are. <laughs> we don't think uh, the mind is the same way as we think. As we can change the physical well, why body. Don't they, why don't they, those those people should just sit sit and watch TV or something. You know, I mean, for the rest of their lives, you know? <laughs> and, and eat all the bread they want. <laughs> Three hundred pounds, you know, or five hundred pounds. You know, they can go on TV as being overweight. You know, uh, you treat people, uh, uh, John, uh, and people, for example, with uh, anxiety and depression, uh, can uh, can it in some way uh, use? Uh, you said it earlier, but can they uh, also use the diet to change uh, to change uh, the symptoms from uh, from anxiety and depression? Uh, you said that uh, that they can use uh, exercise to build. Uh, to build uh, more strength, but can they also use a diet? And what can they do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I just said this. They can use, if they eat a curry meal, you know, we're using curry mm. to treat mood disorders, to treat depression, to treat anxiety, to, mm. to, to treat uh, the aging uh, problems, you know, the, to keep the brain young and healthy. Mm. Uh, and that's one, just one example. We use cinnamon to lower the the glucose level. Cinnamon, uh, and also, oh yeah, and also promotes the uh, brain cells activity uh, to become more neuroplastic. There's all kinds of wow. I need to eat more cinnamon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so cinnamon. It helps in the body. It, it, it works in many ways positively, but one of them. Is it, is it helps the insulin that you have work work better to, to rid our body of glucose, but it also also works in the brain to help our brain be more plastic. Wow! But just, and curry the same way, you know. I mean, yeah, this is something that uh, is known now, and the much 
much, much research has been done on that. Uh, are there more uh, things you give to your clients uh, here, John, that you haven't uh, told us? <clears throat> well, no, I, I um, well, I'm starting to use, starting to use a part of the, the hemp plant. Uh, you know hemp? Yeah, yeah. Marijuana, marijuana. Well, I'm starting to use not marijuana, but one of the other phyto, what we call phytochemicals, chemicals within the plant mm. that has a, a, an effect that's actually opposite of, mar- of what you think of marijuana, the THC. Mm. The CBD. The psychoactive part. Yeah. CBD, yeah. yeah. We're, I'm very, very, very enthused about that and oh. uh, because it helps lower anxiety. It's a very nice way to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cause the uh, the psychoactive component of um, uh, marijuana, mm. uh, and uh, it it is something that now in this country we're passing laws to allow people to grow marijuana. That a lot of companies hopefully will be interested in the science of this, and I'm working with people to try and unpack that. Uh, the benefits of, of uh, this this plant that we've been, uh, you know, uh, too afraid of mm. to, for too many years. CBD, okay, just to give you an example, I'm writing up stuff with, uh, on CBD. Mm. There are 750 papers in the science literature within the past three years on CBD. <laughs> 750 <laughs> scientific papers. Wow. Okay? All over the world, all over the world, wow. Italy and Europe, as well as the United States, Australia. Oh, my God. Wow. So many people are interested in this mm. as a new finding, mm. okay, that has effects on the body, on the immune system. Uh, I just want to change your course a little bit. I want to some more okay. questions, some more questions for you. Uh, what about uh, women that are pregnant? Should they exercise the same way that they did before they were pregnant? Or should they stop or oh, what should good. they do? Good, good, good. Yeah, they should get my book Spark and read the chapter on women because there's a whole chapter, there's a whole sub chapter oh. on exercise and pregnancy. Um, can you give them a little teaser? Yeah. Huh? Can you can you give them a little teaser of what is in the book? But yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm <laughs> going to stop just telling them. Uh, it it there's a lot of information that we know that the the our, our board of OBGYN obstetrics and gynecologist board in 2003 and again two years ago said as follows: If a woman gets pregnant and is exercising, they should continue to exercise at the level that they're exercising until it becomes until they rationally decide like, well, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I can't do as much. Mm. But people are running as, and, and climbing and swimming and doing and biking uh, as much as they can, uh, like they were before. Mm. And and if you get pregnant and you're not exercising, you should begin to exercise. That's what they're saying, uh-huh. because all the benefits uh, that you get from exercise helps the baby grow, mm. helps the the connection between the mother and the, and the baby gets stronger in terms of the placenta. Uh, and also, uh, early, uh, a few studies have shown that it that it promotes the baby's brain to grow faster, bigger, better, and they come out smarter. Wow. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. That's why they should get my book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure go by the book. That's Park and Wild. But to be honest, it's in, two incredible good books. And especially yeah. in, in Wild you say something I wanted to uh, wanted to elaborate yeah. on John. Uh, and that it's nature and how the nature can uh, can help our immune system. Yes. Very much so. Yeah, nature is undersold. Um it's you know you got well, in your country so beautiful in and when you can go out <laughs> when it's not freezing uh, <laughs> and and you get so much benefit from being outside uh from your mood from your anxiety and from your immune system and and healing So there's lots of studies showing that, for instance, they did early studies of the following of people going in for a gallbladder removal, okay, and they did uh, a certain number, and the, and they had a window in their in their hospital room mm. versus those that were on a ward and they didn't have a window. Mm. Well, the people who had a window were discharged two days earlier on average from the hospital. They recovered, and in the cardiac care units where you don't have windows, usually, if you put up a picture of nature, that this promotes uh, quicker healing after cardiac surgery than if you just have a blank wall. Mm. So, in other words, you, you and you use less uh, pain medicine, mm. quicker healing, quicker discharge from the hospital. After significant cardiac surgery, it's just a picture of the nature. Just a picture of nature. Yeah, best to have have uh, you know a window, but in the cardiac care unit, you're not going to have many windows. Wow. Uh, uh, in the book, you also say something about a Japanese study, I think, about the Japanese uh, businessman going into the forest and uh, the elevating of the immune system. Yes, yes, that's another that's another big. Uh, where they they do something called forest bathing, they go and they bathe in the forest. Not not necessarily bathing, but mm. they bathe with the the nature because this helps them uh, with their anxiety, with their stress level. Mm. They they measure the immune response and uh, various uh, constituents of their of the immune system. Is so much better. They be, develop a better equilibrium. Uh, not only that, they're happier and 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 are less uh, aggressive and and live longer. Uh, yeah, and it has also an elevated immune system after uh, after what was it? Four weeks? A month? Right. It's more. It it promotes a quicker response. Yeah. yeah. To, To uh, an invasion, yeah. Uh, can the ocean have the same uh, effect as the forest? Uh, is what? Uh, can the ocean have the same effect on the immune system oh, as yes. the forest? Oh, yes. The oceans are great. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, you get all kinds of good stuff with the oceans and your fjords and all that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, because you get all kinds of negative ions which have a, an effect, but also... Just being in in away from the maddening crowd, mm. uh, like we have, like you don't have too much. Maybe in Oslo you do. I don't know, but uh, uh, you know where you're out 
an innate need for connecting with nature. Can you elaborate on the negative ion? Because I do not think people uh, understand how important it is to be in uh, uh, the lakes and forests. We have a lot of them over there because you have so much uh, water rushing. That's great. And these negative ions can change the mood. It can and it has an effect on on uh, your sense of well-being uh, and and your your whole body and brain and and psyche responds in a way that uh, you know makes you much more positive person and your state of well-being is much higher. So there are a lot of studies into this, uh, John. Yes, 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 yes. Uh... Because uh, yeah, we have a great fjords and we have great nature, but uh, I think we are getting into some of the same problems other countries have. Is that we are getting very sedative, and uh, I think you, we, are, what, what, we are missing the balance. Yes, yes, you get sedentary because you can sit in front of a computer and watch mm. the fjords, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, for sure, it's nothing like you know. Being out there and having the water splash all over you, and uh, you know the whatever the waves coming up, or just walking and and seeing them. Yeah, but I think it's a difference when we hear someone like you explain that uh, there are actually benefits, and there are studies that show you know, that yeah, there are benefits. Big, big, big benefits. The whole chapter in Go Wild is on nature, and and uh, and. And how much it it means to us, and 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 all of this is because this is who we are. Mm. We are hunter gatherers who need to eat the right diet, with very few carbohydrates, because uh, mainly in vegetables, mm. and uh, and and we are moving all the time, and we're out in nature all the time. We were in nature, and we need to be in nature because that's where things are expected from us. Mm. If you look at it in those terms. Uh, can you talk a little about uh, emo- uh, emotional intelligence and neuroplastic- neuroplasticity? And what? I'm sorry. Uh, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Well, yeah. and and that's that's a very the the one thing that I've learned actually working on project. Uh, you know now uh, how even more important. Uh, uh, c- connecting with others uh, is for our health. Okay. In a very big way, uh, being in community, being attached to others, family as well as other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is vital. This is how we are made to be, and how we need to pay attention to that. And and so often, especially the elderly, are uh, more and more. Uh, cocooning, we call it. Uh, they they, they uh, hide away. They retreat. They uh, uh, stay at home too often and uh, are not out uh, enjoying other people. And uh, it really has a big effect on on uh, physical health as well, certainly on mental health. Mm. So we are so we are seeing that uh, our the life we are living at this moment with all the computers and television and so on is actually hurting our mental and physical health. Oh yeah, it does. It does. It 
you know, we have to learn how to balance it. And uh, I don't know the because it's so appealing and so addicting. Mm. Look at the cell phone, you know, I mean, mm. it's so addicting, you know, to have that. And everybody checks it every five minutes and to see whether somebody lost them, them or, you know, there's an emergency or something happened or, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it's the way of the world. Mm. Uh, you also started a non-profit, uh, John. Yes. Uh, Sparking Life. Yeah. yeah. Can you uh, ex- uh, tell us a little about uh, that one? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a non-profit that uh, what we're doing is we're getting people who are already uh, athletes, who are runners, who are swimmers, who are cross-country skiers, uh, who they love what they know the value of it, triathletes and marathoners and all that mm. and and have them uh, connect them to then work with people who have having somebody come to to be a buddy or to be a mentor or to be someone to say let's go for a walk or a swim or a run or uh, let's do it now and mm. have them persist in doing it because the is uh, not likely to persist in doing it. That's the problem. Oh. Um, yeah. So our our uh, our focus had been very general, but now we're looking at the addicted population, especially in this country. We have such a problem with opiates hmm. um, and heroin and all that. And hmm. so we're getting people to, uh, who are, uh, we know that exercise is the one way to, help uh, keep people from getting into those that scourge mm. uh, and you have a big problem with um, with uh, prescription drugs in uh, the US yes. at the moment uh, so you have prescription yeah yeah uh, so uh, so you see that the exercise is actually helping uh, those uh, people yeah yeah uh, I, <clears throat> thank you so much for your time John It's oh, uh, been a true delight. It's been a pleasure. <clears throat> it's been a pleasure, and maybe I'll get to come to Norway someday to the lecture and talk. And I for sure that. hope so. <laughs> okay. And, and I will do everything in my power to to get you over here, because <laughs> I, I believe that uh, you have a lot of knowledge that uh, you need to know more about. And uh, Right. We need to do something about our life and our balances. We need to balance this more. Yes. So, uh, but yes. Are, are you coming with a new book, uh, John? Uh, well, I'm doing another book on ADHD, which I've three on, and uh, sort of uh, the sort of talking about the brand new world that we're living in, and how everybody is ADD-ish. Ah. But, uh, but so when will that come out? Oh, that will be a, a few years. The book takes a long time. Yeah, okay. Uh okay. Uh thank you so much for your time, John. And uh Okay. Thank you for okay, your time. Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye.